Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. Testimony in the house. There's a testimony in the house. Are you excited about testimonies? All right, help me welcome Mr. Alex Osei to share with us what the Lord has done for him. My name is Alex. Okay, kindly introduce yourself. My name is Alex. I'm from the Prayer Basunta. Oh. <laughs> okay. so, so, what has the Lord done for you? My, I have two testimonies. Okay. Uh, my testimony, my first one is, <clears throat> my first testimony is about how mommy helped me gain admission to go and do my PhD. Wow. <laughs> so, I remember there was this day I went to see mommy and. She suggested that I go and do my PhD. At the time, I, I, I told her I thought about it, but I was waiting to gather money to go and do. And she asked me, have I been able to? I'm like, no. <laughs> so she asked me to proceed and do. I think it was about a month to the end of application. And I didn't know anything about applying, because apparently you have to get a project topic and everything. Like, I didn't know anything. So I spoke to Dr. Gave, who took me through, and she even endorsed my forms. And <laughs> yeah, wow. and also maybe maybe help me get a topic. Then Rosa also drafted, helped me draft my projects. <laughs> yeah, some of you, you don't have friends in the church, so when it comes to help, you don't yeah, get like, help. I'm, I'm so make friends after we close. Okay, don't be in a hurry to leave church. I, I'm I'm really really grateful for their help. Like at every step of the way, I got supernatural help, and even I I did an MB and in tech. I was applying to do a PhD in land management, and you're supposed to do an MPhil or an MSc in the related program. So me coming with an MBA was like a disconnect. And even when I went for the interview, they, they asked about it, but God being so good, they, I got admission. <laughs> it's a good place to put your hands together. Yeah. Then my, my school fees too, because I, I, I assumed my dad was going to pay. <laughs> what a shock. Yeah, but I remember on my birthday, I was praying and I was just telling the Lord that today's my birthday, so I wanted a birthday gift. I want my school fees. Wow. Yeah. And later that morning, my, my, my mother gave me a check. She, it was an empty check. She had just signed it. She just said, Write your name. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> she. She, she just said, write your name and write 9,000 cities. That, that's your school fees. And you see, my mother is a retired teacher. I didn't expect her to have that kind of money to spare for my school fees. So like, 
God really came through for me. So I want to thank Mommy for <laughs> asking me to go and do my PhD. I mean, no, no one in my family has sat in a PhD class before. So I mean, it's a testimony for me. Right. So my second testimony is about God gave me a new phone. <laughs> Some people are still using techno in one way, but they are not happy. Um, I remember last year there about April came to share a testimony of how mommy prayed over her to get a new phone. <laughs> and in Psalm 119 verse 20, the Bible says, your testimonies are by counselors. So I took counsel from that and after seven, I want you to see mommy that you should pray for me for a new phone and among other things. And mommy prayed for me. So fast forward two weeks ago, I, I, was, I was talking with my mother and I think my sister came, this is my younger sister, she came into the room and she has this Huawei phone. I was like, oh, could she lend me a phone because I was having issues with my phone. I was like, nah, she's using, but what phone do I want? <laughs> Somebody asked you, what phone do you want? <laughs> and my, my mother was like an iPhone 14 Pro Max. I was like, hey, this one is too, <laughs> it's too big for my mouth. Like, I don't say it. So I was like, oh, any phone she can afford. So the following day, I went somewhere with my mother. I came back in the evening and I was about to sleep. So I was taking my Bible to read before I slept. And as I took, it was on my pillow. So as I took out the Bible underneath, the Bible was a new phone and it was an iPhone 14 Pro Max. Brand new, I unboxed everything. Brand new phone. Someone is surprising you with a new phone. Like, within just 24 hours, I did not expect anything. Like, just. And she, she, she doesn't use an iPhone 14. So I thought she was going to buy something, her model, or something lesser than her model, but she just bought me an iPhone 14. And I'm really, really grateful to God for Wow, what a blessing. Let's put our hands together for what the Lord has done. This is so mind-blowing. This is so mind-blowing. I was expecting maybe a Samsung phone for you. I tell so, I guess, so what do you want to tell the church? Our, the, um, in, in Proverbs 31 verse 1, the Bible says that the words of King Lemuel, the testimony, uh, the prophet that, the words of King Lemuel, the prophet that his mother taught him. And in the Bible, you see, um, a woman was prophesying and teaching, but the Bible does not describe her as a prophetess or a teacher. The Bible calls her a mother. So when you come to church and you go, yes, joy, mommy, mommy, it's not just for the sake of it. I mean, she's actually a mommy, and by the fact that she's a mommy, she's the prophet. So everything that she says, it doesn't have to be spooky for you to believe. The, the miracle is in the instruction. Just follow the instruction, and the miracle will happen. Amen. Amen. Let's appreciate our mother. God bless you. Oh, your hand clap is too weak. Hallelujah. Are you happy to be in church? You don't sound like you are happy. If you don't sound like you are happy. But I want to tell you that you are in the right place. Hallelujah. And the Lord is about to speak to you. The Lord is about to touch your heart. So if you have come to church, don't think that you have made a mistake. The Lord himself has ordered your step here. So as we are about to hear the word of the Lord from our anointed pastor, I want you to open your eyes, open your ears, and open your heart for the Lord because the Lord is about to speak to us. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, the Lord is about to speak to us. And from no other than the anointed servant of the Lord, the pastor that God has chosen for you and me, 
I want you to put your hands together. Let us welcome our pastor, E.S. Joy. Put your hands together for him. Your majesty, your king, we bow down and worship you. Thank you for testimonies, thank you for films, for, for dance, for songs, for all the things that you give us when we, we come to worship you. We are grateful. As your word comes now, Lord, let it be a word for each of us. And let us pick the path that is ours. In Jesus' mighty name have we prayed. Amen. Before you take your seat, you want to take up your Bible and let us pray. I mean, make our confession. You want to say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Hallelujah. What a blessing. Well, we are blessed to be here this morning, and um, a small word of caution, we have found over the past few weeks that the thieves are back, so watch your phones, watch your laptops, watch your bags, watch your tablets. Are you there? Yeah, some people come to church to steal may they eat the fruit of their stealing the bible has words for people who steal and they are not good words are you there that you who's not a thief but you have come to church they are coming to worship just be a little aware of yourself i think you know what i mean yeah sometimes you just forget yourself you put your phone down i think we lost one of the phones the person left it there came here came to sing, got back, it was gone. Briefly. Yeah. It was gone. So, I'm sorry to start, start the Sunday on such a, a sober note. <laughs> but, tell, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I, I just, I'm confessing that it's not you. <laughs> and I believe that many of these people are young people and I think you have troubled your life. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. So if you are here today because you want to steal, just change your mind. We may not know, but there is a God who knows and who sees, and you have troubled your life. So please, powerful. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we thank the Lord for bringing us to church, and I believe that the Lord is doing something in our midst. We've been talking about commitment and today i'm just going to be talking something that is quite related amen, amen. yeah why you should be a permanent member of the church amen but i want to take it from a certain angle i want to call it the blessing of permanence the blessing of permanence being permanently in a place we live in a day and age when very few things are permanent hello yeah 
short relationships, short, I mean, people cannot commit to anything. Yeah, can't commit to anything. You know, everything is short, short, short. Ask anybody, is that how you are? Because your tea is instant tea, your coffee is instant coffee. So you think that you can go through the world just doing, you know, just, yeah, you're just there for a while and then that's it. But you see, there is a blessing from permanence, hallelujah, from being in a place for a long time and from being rooted there. Amen. Some of you, you may say, oh, I'm a member of the church, but you're not rooted. You're not rooted, you see. And you may say that, oh, eh, when I wasn't here, they didn't visit me. We didn't visit you because that's how you are. Do you, are you there? Are there? When I'm sick, you didn't come. You see, we didn't come because when you are well too, sometimes you don't come. So when you didn't come, we thought that you were well. It was one of your not comings. We, it just, we didn't know that you were not well. Yeah. But there are some people when we don't see them, immediately hey, we must find because the person is always around. Always around. Hey. Mm. This is my message. As I'm preaching, your face is already changing. You see. Let's begin with an interesting scripture in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. The Bible says something. It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. It's, it's something that the Bible advocates. Assembling of ourselves together. Then it goes on to say, as the manner of some is. So this book in the Hebrews, it was talking to people who are already Christian. It was saying that some of you, you don't, you don't assemble <laughs> When you go once, they say, I've gone for the month. It's not like that, oh. Do you eat once in a month? So why would you expose yourself to, to, to the word of God just once in a month? What will it do for you? Please ask your neighbor, once a month, what will it do for you? Please, somebody who, who eats once a month, how do they look? Don't they look like all bones? Some of you in the spirit realm. You are bony. Oh, not just all bones, but unhealthily bony. All of us can see that you are starving to death because you ate once in the whole month. It cannot be. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that we should exhort one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I mean, if you don't know that the coming of Christ is imminent, then, then I... I don't even know what to say. It's so obvious. Isn't it not obvious? Every day when we wake up, what do we hear? There is something new. If it is not another war, it is what? Oh, she... <laughs> that was a whole something new. Always somebody has died somewhere. This and that. There's a flood somewhere. I mean, hey. Some three Ghanaian students, two of them are dead already, one is in a coma. I mean, not from an African country or US of A. Hello? You see, the thing is all over. You just see the drama escalating. Every day there's a new drama. Every, every day. The only reason why you don't know of it in our country is that our journalists don't believe in covering everything. Mercy. If you're a journalist, I'm checking you live. Because <laughs> many things they only go because somebody has paid them to go and cover it. 
but there's a lot that is happening in our nation too. It's all over the place. Yeah, it's not that it's not happening. Recently, somebody was saying, oh, now there's a lot of this or that. I said, it's not that there's a lot. It has always been there. You have only now chosen to report about it. Are you here? So you see that, what? Volcanoes here and there. Hey. At first, volcano here of it once in 25 years. Now, there are volcanoes every year. Recently, I was reading about some, I've forgotten the name of the place. They have not been able to go home. As soon as they try to approach home, run in a volcano, <laughs> the volcano will wiggle and come again. Hey, floods everywhere. Everywhere. The fact that your house didn't flood doesn't mean somebody else's own didn't flood. We said just two days ago, I was watching a clip from Accra, a base that was going through the water. I don't know how many of you saw it. Yeah. The guy was driving through it, and they came and warned people. He said, do not. When you see such water, don't drive. Everywhere. Everywhere. Why? The day is approaching. The day is approaching. One of the marks of the imminent arrival of Jesus Christ uh, is the, the increase in drama. They won't succeed in wiping out the world, but it's one of the signs. It's one of the signs. Yesterday, I woke up and I saw something in the news. I said, eh? couldn't believe it. That somebody has risen up. There was almost a coup, a coup in Russia yesterday. Hey! 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 I don't particularly like them, but I prayed. <laughs> I prayed that, Lord, please, this one we beg you. Hey! There are some things, if they happen, it will touch you. You, you just, you'll be certain. You'll be certain. It will touch you. You know, did you know that the corn you were eating from was from Ukraine? Or that the petrol? We never knew. And even though we don't believe it, it affected us. <laughs> yeah. So I said, Lord, this one is just more chaos. And he's saying that as the chaos is arriving, we should talk to each other. And that's why I'm speaking to you today. If you are permanently here, be permanently here and engage. Don't say that, oh, yes, I'm a member of... You see, people do that. Every Ghanaian everywhere, when you walk around anywhere in the South, they say, yes, I'm a Methodist, I'm a Presbyterian, I'm a something. Oh. It's not, thank you, it be lie. One of my favorite questions, I'll ask you, eh, you go to Methodist, where? Then they'll say, oh, I say, I say, who is the pastor? Then you see the family. You just see, oh, then the story now comes. You too, you are like that. You too, you are like that. Hey! Ask your neighbor, are you the one they are talking about? You know. And that's why I want to talk to you about the blessings of permanence. The blessings of permanence. You see, when, when Alex was giving his, his testimony, I was just thinking to myself, it's a blessing of permanence. Because some of you, if you come to my office, I'll say, hello. How are you? Oh. Oh, okay. Oh. Be blessed. God bless you. God, okay. Oh, Father, give him a good week. I'll see you next week. Bye. Because you are not permanent. I have nothing to say. <laughs> you see, now that I'm saying it, it's becoming, it's becoming, uh, uh, it's becoming, yeah. I will only say because you are permanent. When you are permanent, then I know that, oh, that's my church member. I'm also your pastor. I will speak. Uh, can you ask the person near you that you cry? Who is your pastor? Who is your pastor? I know you are here, but who is your pastor? 
Are you in the church? It's a blessing of permanence. It is when you are permanent in the house that somebody will speak into your life and say, this thing you are doing, stop. Yeah. Well, this kind of people, you go, come, go, come. But we can't talk. If we talk, you'll be annoyed. Hey. Mercy. Hallelujah. And so I'm going to give you the blessings of permanence. Now, the first one I want to talk to you about is that when you are permanent in the house, you flourish. You flourish. Uh-huh. You see, I, that, but that word that we want is the word flourish. When you say something is flourishing, I remember asking for the meaning of the word flourish, and somebody told me that his dictionary said uh, grow. I told him it's a very bad dictionary. It's not every growth that is flourishing. Ah, you can be growing one leaf every two years. Is it a flourishing tree? But when you say flourishing, it immediately gives a certain idea of something that is, is a lot and is copious and is growing strongly and is doing well. Hallelujah. One of the blessings of permanence is that you begin to flourish. Please tell your neighbor, I may look like a scarecrow today. If you know what a scarecrow is, you can look it up. But it's not my end. I just need to patch long enough. Have you never transplanted something before? When you transplant it, you, were, you wanted to grow tomatoes, you grew them, they became small plants. When you transplant, they look very... You just... They should just stay there. Hey, as you keep watering them, suddenly they stand up. Suddenly they have strength. Suddenly they begin to bear. Suddenly they are major, major tomatoes. On air. So right now, you are in your transplanted phase. You are looking a little... I'm talking to particular people. Because we are at different stages, you know. And some people... And you're beginning to wonder that, is this how my life is always going to be? No, just be there. Just be there. The blessing of permanence. You are just there. Some things come to you because you are just there. Ah. Yeah. I'm talking to some people. We're just there. Hallelujah. This instant generation of instant coffee, instant indomie, instant tea, instant... What again? What? Instant fufu. Ah, that's one day. <laughs> instant what? <laughs> Listen, you can do all the instant too, but it doesn't add up. You see that even when they're doing the instant food, we'll be tricking them. You eat it, but we're complaining. For me, there's only one condition under which I'll eat instant fufu. You want to know the condition? That I'm outside. Inside Ghana. No, 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 no. The taste difference is obvious. Yeah. Yeah. The taste difference is obvious. It's obvious. Are you in the church? Hey, somebody says I'm spoiling their business. I'm sorry. Sell to all those who say they are traveling. They should carry some packets and go with them. This is a traveling church. If you have not traveled yet, your traveling is coming. Hey, I said your traveling is coming. We'll be here. People will be going and coming. I see you moving. Some are going by Emirates. Some are going by Ethiopian Airlines. Some are going by British Airways. Some are going by Delta Airways. The only airline I will not advise you to take is Kenya Airways. And you can tell them I said it from the pulpit. And when they come to catch me, to take me to court, I will give them reasons why. Hey, I will say you represent me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Hey, oh, you are about to travel. You are about to travel. Amen. So as you are traveling, please take the instant fufu along. You'll be glad you had it. Hallelujah. But while you are here, be permanent. Even when you live here, we are all over the world. Find another one of us and be permanent there. Recently, I was listening to, in fact, I was watching the YouTube of a camp that Bishop had in uh, Mampong just about two months ago or so. I have forgotten the point he was on. He was making a point. And then people began to give their testimonies. It was not a prearranged thing. They were all just sitting there, and he began to pass the microphone. One person, this one said, look, the different places that they said they went for different reasons. Somebody went to Dubai. Somebody, you know, some it's a foreign country. Some it's uh, an African country. Some it's a town. The story was the same. Because these are all permanent members. And as they got there, I mean, the testimonies were great. You see. But some of you even land in a place. You even declare that I'm a family member. The church is very quiet. Yeah. Hey. Hmm. Hallelujah. So one of the things that happens when you are planted, Psalm 92 and verse 13. In fact, maybe we should take it from verse 12. Because it's a very nice passage. It says, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. The, f- the flourishing, grow vigorously. And then it says, like the palm tree. The palm tree is a particular kind of tree which has certain characteristics. I don't know if you have ever seen anybody in the world get up with a cutlass and say, today I'm going to cut down my, my palm tree. Eh, it's not something you do. It's not something you tell neighbor. It's not wise at all. I'm not talking about the pruning. At times they take the bottom leaves. That's, that's just, just pruning. But have you seen somebody... Will this cutlass that he's going to cut down palm tree? Never, never. Why? Tell neighbor, we don't cut down palm trees. When we want to get rid of it, we have to uproot it, and you must prepare yourself for a very wild job. You would dig and dig. It's Mr. Samson. I don't know if he's here today. He taught me how to uproot palm trees. It was not a joke. We had just moved here, and this place where we are sitting. You know, it was all kinds of things growing here. Somebody had onion farm somewhere. Somebody had a uh, what? And then in addition, cassava was also there. You couldn't even see the, 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 the door of the church. Everything was just, it wasn't even a garden, it was a forest. But in between that forest were some palm trees. So when we cleared, because we now needed the place, these palm trees were standing there. Ah, it cost some people about three weeks sorry, one week or so, to remove one. And they were digging, 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 going, going to uproot. So the idea that the Lord is giving us is that there's a certain permanence. Your roots are so deep that somebody cannot easily move you from here. Some of you just wake up. Why were you not here last week? My friend invited me to a church. Silly girl. Silly boy. You don't belong to anywhere. Ah, as you are living in your mother's house, can somebody just come and invite you that come and live in my house? You see, now that I'm talking your case, have you seen that you have become quiet? <laughs> Tell the person, you see, if you <laughs> you can only go there when it doesn't conflict with what's happening in your house. That's when you go and visit your aunt. Yeah, it doesn't conflict. But when there's something happening in your house, you're supposed to be there. 
And when you do those kind of things, you don't flourish. Then after you don't flourish, you come and tell us that we rather don't have miracles. Show ye. Watch yourself. Hey. Push your neighbor and say, develop roots and flourish. Hallelujah. So he says that those who the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Verse 13. It says that, verse 13, quickly. Those that are planted. So it's not just a general blessing. You need to be planted for the flourishing to happen. Then it goes on to say in verse 14 that you'll be bearing fruit into your old age. Most people, they associate old age with being dried like some old bone, something, something. But these are, you are old, but you are flourishing. Have you ever met a flourishing old person before? Some of you, the only old people you know are the ones that you go and visit and give them 10 cities. But I've met flourishing old people before. Oh, that's why I used to have some aunts. But she was flourishing in her old age. Yeah. The woman, she was moving, moving into everything. Are you there? May it be your story because you are planted in the house of God. Now, let us take a look at a certain scripture. <clears throat> this church, if you don't like scriptures, I'm sorry. There's not much I can do for you. But let's go to Luke chapter 6. In <clears throat> verse... 48. Let's go to 47. Jesus was teaching. He said, Whoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth doeth them, I will show you who he is like. He is like a man which built a house and digged deep. Can you see the deep digging deep again? And laid the foundation on a rock. When you are putting a foundation on a rock, it means it's a permanent thing. Nobody goes to such a difficult thing for temporary measures. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house. Couldn't shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Now, this scripture is talking actually about doing the work of God. But it is also giving us a, um, the, the word of God. But it's also giving us a picture of what happens when you are permanent. Amen. If you build two houses, one on the rock, the other on the sand, the truth of the matter is that, generally speaking, they look the same. <laughs> Are you in that church? Mm. So, the houses look the same. How many bedrooms do you like? Three bedrooms. Okay, five. Hey, five. <laughs> okay, some says, hey, whatever you like. Hey, you are building it. Hey, so, it has your three, four, five, six bedrooms. Hey, Keda, you said what? How many bedrooms? Four bedrooms. Okay, so we'll go with Keda's four bedrooms. And then what? A living room. How many bathrooms? Somebody says every room. Okay. Until it says every room should have the bathroom. Okay, we have built it. What again? What again do we need? A kitchen. A sizable kitchen. Those of you who have been designing kitchens without consulting your wives, you are warned. You go and give us some tiny small kitchen. We don't like small kitchens. 
I'm informing some people. We don't like small kitchens. We need space in the kitchen. So please show it to us. Yes, yeah, a manageable kitchen that we can be in. Ah, what again? A porch. Now you want the type you can sit out and enjoy the evening. Beautiful. We can build this house on the sand and we can build it on the rock. As you are passing up and down, they look the same. But the first thing that will tell you that there's a difference is the price. Is the price. You, as you are walking, honestly, you cannot see the difference. You can't see the difference. The first indication of a difference is the price. And some of you, you are so stuck with cheap things that you don't know that there's a reason for that. Pastor, me, I don't have any money. You, it's because you have money. No, no, no. Listen to the wisdom. You have woken up. You are going to buy your medication. You go to one place. It says 220. You go to the other one. It says 40 cities. Eh, Something, please wait, wait. Usually, your assumption is that. The one who is doing the 200 and something is cheating you. What you don't know is that the 40 is fake. That's why your malaria has been doing like uh, your friend is saying. Hmm. One time, one of our bishops, he had a very bad, in fact, he had a situation with the back. And he was on a certain medication. And I mean, his, his work is difficult. And every day he's on this medication. Then one time, our father traveled. So when he traveled and he was coming back, he bought the medication. Because that bishop works with him. So he bought him the same medication, same name, same dosage. He brought it to him. The guy said, ah, when he took the medicine, same dose. Are you there? So if they say it's 100 and he said his pain vanished. He said, ah, so all the time he was here and he was buying and he was saying, I didn't know. It was not a proper something. He was like, you'll be there, be questioning for 30 cities 250. Hey. I am not saying there are no cheats. What I'm saying to you is that something, something. Then you wake up and you'll be saying that, oh, this house that I'm living in, look, oh, the last time I went to the same household. They were charging me some how many thousand? This one I just got it for some three thousand, and have, I'm in it, and I'm as a big. I want you to tell your neighbor, be careful, oh, be careful. What you don't know is that you have bought the house in the dry season. Some of you, when you are buying land, you don't know that you should buy in the rainy season. Okay. Hey. Yeah, this is a good time to buy. This is a good time. Yeah, it's a good time. Because if the land is waterlogged, you see everything. You will be in your house. Now, the scripture that we are reading says that the rain fell. I need you to understand that in every circumstance you are in, in this life, whether rich or poor, the rain will fall one day. There are some things that are common to man. And one of the things common to man are troubles. That's why Ecclesiastes talks about the evil day. They are, it's not every day that is good. I was talking yesterday to a, 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 friend, a colleague, pastor, and where he is, he's a missionary in another country. Charlie, he took pictures, the water that was going through his church. 
And then after we had talked for a long time what to do, how to do it, how to, then he said, it is raining again. I said, hey. But the rain falls everywhere. Everywhere. So, the Bible says, the rain fell. And it says, give me the, the 48. Verse 48. It says what? The stream, some other, uh, this thing say the wind, beat vehemently upon the house. Now you will know the difference. Why the other one was thousands and this one was just a few hundreds. It says it beat vehemently, but it could not shake the house. When you are permanently rooted into God, you are not easily shaken by the difficulties that are happening. A palm tree is not easily shaken. It's only that usually when it is raining at a certain kind of rain, you are indoors. But if you were not, you would discover that as the storm is beating, the rain, the, the, the palm tree just bends over like that. Are you there? What happens to a palm tree? Bend, bend, bend. It can even touch the ground to just be there. It will be just there. As soon as the storm passes, whoop, back in position. Back in position. I'm talking to some people in the house. As you are here in this house, all kinds of things can happen. And all kinds of things have happened. All kinds of things have been said before. You small storm, no, you are running away. You will not bear fruit. Your building will collapse. And we have seen some people whose Christianity has collapsed. The reason is that your planting is not deep. When it is deep, I tell you, when it is deep, you may have some days cry that, look, the storm is so wild, you can't even really pray. You are like the palm tree that the storm has just pushed you to the ground. But because your roots are deep and because you are permanent, I tell you that the storm is going to end. There is no storm that is forever. No matter how hard it blows, no matter how long it blows, no matter how much it rains, one day it's going to stop. And if your roots are where they should be, when it stops, you will rise up from where you are and you'll be standing. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Storms, plenty. That's why when you are in your house and your marriage is shaking, don't talk about it. Don't, don't talk foolishly. Hey. I shouldn't go there. I'm going there. I'm going there. Somebody should bring me an empty bottle. Water bottle. Normal water bottle. Empty one. Empty one. Bring it. Oh, almost empty. I just need. Thank you. Let me show you something. Have you seen the bottle? Can you hear it? I wish I had my dog here to demonstrate it for you. He likes empty bottles, pa. And when he's chewing them, sounds like all hell has broken loose. Your house, you and your husband, you are eyeing each other. When you make the food, he doesn't want to eat it. He comes to sit down, then he'll eat. Usually when he says he wants to sleep with you, he says, look at this foolish man. The bottle's still there. Has the storm not stopped? The battle is still there. The battle is still there. Now, once you are then you come and tell me that you want to divorce. Don't tell me for me to hear you because I will beat you. 
I said, the battle is still there. Push your neighbor. We'll tell your neighbor, this church, we don't divorce. We don't divorce. When you married, you locked the door, we threw the key away. This thing, I saw my husband do it too. Some people had come to him for counseling. Now divorce. He took a battle like this. It will stop. The battle is there. If I want to pour water in this battle, can I not pour water in it? If I want to pour drink in it, can I not pour drink? So why are you trying to end your marriage? Why are you trying to end your marriage? Why are you trying to end your marriage? Hey. The way you are facing me today, that's very nice. Why are you trying to say you're not a member here? You are a member. You are here. You, you, you are a member. I want you to tell your neighbor, you are a member. Eh? Me, I don't like this church. They speak too much English. Be here, it's your church. Eh? I don't like this church because somebody, I need somebody to marry me. All the boys are small boys. It's your church. Eh? This church, all they talk about is this and that and that. Me, I want somebody who will talk about prophetic things. Be quiet and so that if you stay long enough, you will see a prophet. You will hear a prophet. You will receive the word of a prophet. I'm talking to somebody today and I'm telling you, be permanent. Oh, be permanent. Hey. I want to tell somebody, this is your house. Stop that rock there. This is your house. Build your foundation on the rock. Oh, as for storm, it will come. If it has not come yet. If it has not come, it hasn't come yet. It's on the way. It's coming. Either you have been through a storm, or you are in the storm, or the storm is coming, or sometimes all three. There's one that has passed, there's one that is now, and there's one that is coming. But whatever it is, dig your roots deep and be there. And be there. Because one day, the storm will end. One day, the wind will be still. One day, the floodwaters will all go away. And when it does, your palm tree will be standing. When it does, your house will still be there. Clean it up and continue to stay in it. I'm talking to some people today. This is your short, 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 short things. It doesn't work. I want to end with a story also from the Bible. Hallelujah. Take us to the book of Joshua chapter 9. Joshua chapter 9. I'm talking about permanence. You see, these short, short, short relationships, they are dangerous. You have seen a girl, no, you are proposing to her that you love her. We don't do that. <laughs> when I saw, you know, my heart just, it just jumped and jumped out and it, it connected. I'll be careful. Joshua chapter 9. In the book of Joshua chapter 9, we meet, we meet a very interesting story and I'm closing on this story. We meet a very interesting story. Some people, you remember that Joshua, remember he took over after Moses. His task and his mandate was to take the children of Israel. They went, 
area by area, conquering the area. In those days, when you conquer the area, you take the land and it is for you. Somebody tell Putin that it's not in 2023. Anyway, so... (laughs) So this is what was going on. The Lord had already told them all the people they would meet there. Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, and all other kind of ites. So <laughs> they were there. The fighting was going on. They had taken some lands. And then the Bible says, take us to verse 4. That verse 4, Joshua 9 verse 4. Verse 3. I want to see the beginning of the story. When the inhabitants of Gibeon, so these are Gibeonites, they heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and to Ai, they did work wilily. That means they worked, you know, deceptively. They went and made as if they had been ambassadors and took old sacks upon their asses and wine bottles old and rent and bound up. They put on worn-out patched sandals, ragged clothes, and the bread that they took was dry and moldy. Now, what were they going to do? What they were going to do was to go to Joshua and say to him that, listen, we have heard all the things you have done. We want to make a peace treaty with you. And they told Joshua that, we have come from very far. We have come from far. Because, you know, they were clearing a particular place. So they were trying to say, oh, we are not from around here. We are from far. So make a treaty with us. The Bible says that they didn't seek the Lord's face about it to ask whether it was true or not. So what happened? They signed a treaty with them. Are you seeing it? So they answered, we are from a very far place. Continue. Continue. Uh It says they were instructed by their elders to go and meet them, tell them we are your servants. Please make a treaty with us. Verse 12. This bread now. Verse 13. Continue. Verse 14. All this is part of the story, but we don't have time. So they examined their food, but they didn't consult the Lord. Now, they examined their food because the people were saying, when we left home, it was fresh. We've been on the road, ah, it's now stale. But it's a plan that they had done. Stale food there is not hard. Then it says, then Joshua made a peace treaty with them and guaranteed their safety. And the leaders of the community ratified it with a binding oath. Now, what had happened? You see, they had just met them. Some of you, you are signing business agreements with people you have just met. You don't really know the person. Are you with me? When I say know the person, you can know somebody's face. Some people, that angelic face. Hey. Oh, hello. Yes, please. Thank you, please. Yes, I was thinking if we can do the business, it will work for me, it will work for you. It's a witch talking, you know. It's a Netflix that the devil is wearing horns. Uh, it's a Netflix that's not life, life, and Casano. Have you never seen somebody that when they say this person is this, this, you've been shocked? When they say this is a thief, some of the thieves, they are very good looking. You never have known these guys who go around duping people. Oh, see you tie, they look, whatever. Joshua was taken, look, he thought what the people were saying was true. And they signed the agreement three days after. Three days after making the treaty, they learned that these people actually lived nearby. These people were right in the middle of the place that God had given to them. They had lied. You may think there was no consequence. There was a major consequence of this decision. 
It took a long time. You see, sometimes eh, the, the thing takes a while for you to see it. You have gone to make an alliance with somebody that you don't know. You have signed the document. It's there, signed, stamped. You don't know the person. Years later, the Israelites were dying like flies. And they went to inquire. And they went to ask, why are we dying? What wrong have we done? We're not aware of anything. Do you know what their sin was? Somebody who didn't know had gone to kill these, some of these people, these Gibeonites. And it cost the Israelites' lives. God said, the treaty that you made, somebody has broken it. Because when they made the, the treaty, you have made the agreement. God has heard it. You have gone to sign your business with somebody. When you signed it, God heard it. So, okay, you have signed it. First Corinthians 2.14, we always think that it's just boy-girl relationship. It's not, it's any relationship. Hmm. No, Second Corinthians, I think, I believe it is. Whatever it is, it's a 2.14. It says, <laughs> do not be unequally yoked. Find the scripture for me. 6, eh? 6.14. First Corinthians 6. 6.14, okay. Oh, help me la. Eh? Hey. Second Corinthians six fourteen. I want you to okay. Let's do it in the NLT. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? Now I need you to understand that in the Bible, wickedness is not a person taking a cutlass to run after another person. Wickedness is just somebody who has not accepted Christ. Finish. That's a sinner. That's a wicked person. It says, how can light live with darkness? You have gone to sign your business treaty with an unbeliever who you don't even really know. Say, so oh, he's my brother. Eh. Hmm. The line still holds. Don't team up. Don't join yourself with what you don't really know. There's a deception in the short relationship. Let it be a long one. Hallelujah. Are you there? Let it be a long one. Some of you, you have people who have been faithful to you for a very long time. But maybe they are not very gifted. So you don't really, you don't book them as anything. Be careful. They rather have the blessing in your life. Yes. They've been there a long time. So long that you take them for granted. You say, oh, who is this? Watch out. They rather have been permanently there. There all the time. There's a deception that comes from these non-permanent things. From today, value those who are around you all the time. Value those who are permanent. You yourself, this church, we have not moved anywhere. We have been here, we are still here. By the grace of God, till he comes or till our lives are ended, we will be here. You too, decide that you'll be there and enjoy the rewards of permanence. Stand to your feet. And if you are fighting your marriage, stay there. The fight will end. Oh, I'm very serious. I know a couple, I'm ending on this testimony. They said they were not going to divorce because of their children. But apart from that, they said that the marriage is nothing inside. Their last child left the house about 20 years ago. They are still together. Mm. Because the storm does end. It ends. This morning, this afternoon, pray for yourself. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord and say, Lord, grant me the grace grant to dig my grace. roots deep. To dig my roots so that roots even deep. when things are shaking, I will be strong. 
Oh, Even so when things are happening in my life that are not so good, Lord, I'll still be strong. I will not be one of those who will accuse you and walk away from your house. I will not move away from where you have placed me. If my work moves me from here to there, school moves me from here to there, I will still find the church. I will still go to the church because you have placed me there and I'm permanently engaged. Talk to the Lord. Yes, Lord, I can hear the noise and the storm in my mind, but I'm going to be there. The storm will be over and I will still be there. Come on, talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord for a few minutes this morning. Give me the grace. Give me the grace, Lord. Oh, Though the storm, oh Lord, give me the grace to remain permanent, Lord. To dig deep, oh Lord, my roots, oh Lord. You gave your life to Christ. You said, I'm a Christian. Be a Christian. Don't run after betting. Don't run after women. Don't run after anything. Be there. Be permanently there. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lay my son Help me, Lord. Give me the grace to be a permanent Christian.
every head is bowed, every eye is closed, I want you to think about you, whether you are dedicated to the Lord or not. Have you given your life to Jesus or have you not? And this moment is for you. Are you permanently in him or are you not? The Bible says he will return again for those who are his. Will you be in that number or will you not? The answer lies with you and it lies with your decision. And that's why I want to invite you this afternoon. If you have not already given your life to Jesus, I want to invite you to do so this afternoon. And as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, you have not given your life to Jesus, I want you to lift up your right hand as a sign of surrender that you are ready to give your life to him. Just lift up your right hand this afternoon. I'm going to pray with you. And if you've lifted it up, I want you to come to the front. I want you to just come. And I want to pray with you. Just come. Just come. Just come. Your heart is beating as you stand. Jesus is telling you, you need to make it good with me. You need to come. God bless you. God bless you as you come. God bless you as you come. Maybe there's nobody by you, but you want to give your life to him. Just come. Just come. God bless you. God bless you. standing in front. Pray this prayer after me. And if you're in the congregation, support us as we pray. You want to say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Please wash me in your blood. Cleanse me from my sins. Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, from today, you are my savior and you are my lord i thank you for saving me in jesus name amen father thank you for these young ones who've come to you i pray lord that they will never turn their backs may they be permanently yours in the mighty name of jesus bless their lives and may they be glad because of today in jesus name amen and amen we believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at F-O-L-C-I-D-S. God richly bless you.